The sermon lesson this morning comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Very brief passage, but two of the finest compliments you will ever receive happen to be in this passage. It's up on the screen. I'd love to have you read it with me. Together, please. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Friends, God always blesses the reading and the hearing of the word. 60 million Americans seek sodium-free products. Why? Because salt intake directly affects blood pressure. And if you have too much salt, it can lead to hypertension or even to strokes. But biologically, there's something in us that says, I want some salt. Where do I get that? Because I like pickles, pretzels, pizza, and popcorn. All of those salty items are important to me. The average American consumes four tablespoons of salt a day. Now, that adds up over a year to 15 pounds of salt. And the nutritionists say that's 10 to 20 times what your body really needs. Now, let me tell you something. Corn in the cob makes no sense to me without a lot of butter melting on it and salt. Why would you do it? Do you realize that a scoop of cottage cheese, just a scoop of cottage cheese, has more salt in it than three handfuls of salted peanuts? Imagine. A father was trying to give some cottage cheese to his son, and the son said, no thanks. And the father said, why not? It's good for you. He said, no, I don't want it. And the father said, well, what's wrong with it? He said, only fat people eat cottage cheese. <laughs> Jesus turned to his followers and he said, you are the salt of the earth. He turns to the likes of us and he says, you are the salt of the earth. Christians are to life as salt is to food. We preserve life. We flavor life. We have a responsibility to be catalysts in life. For 5,000 years, salt has been a very important preservative in the food chain. Salt is important because the beauty of Venice was really built on the salt they sold to Constantinople. Caesar paid his army in common salt. And the word salarium is really the word for salary, and all of that comes from salt. The word for salad comes from salt. We take salt very seriously in, in our culture. We say somebody is worth his salt, or she is worth her salt. The goddess in Rome for health was called saltus. So there's a long tradition to salt. And in the Old Testament, in the Jewish offerings 
often salt was included. Certainly in the sacrificial system, salt was included. If you go to the Holy Land today and you look at the Dead Sea, you'll see huge piles of salt that only bulldozers can move around. So salt was very common. There are 30 references plus in the scripture to salt. So when Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, people were very familiar with that brilliant analogy. Everybody understood what he was talking about. And here's the text. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? Then it says this. It is no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and trampled underfoot. What in the world does that mean? Many of you love to cook out. Whether it's on your patio, your balcony, you just enjoy cooking out. Well, first century Palestinians loved to cook out too. All of their ovens, if you will, were outdoors, made out of stone. And their ovens would have a fire, and then there'd be a rack of some kind, and then a whole pile of salt. And then on top of that, tile. And you see, the salt would preserve the heat. But after a period of time, its effectiveness had waned. And they would have to take off the tile and throw the salt out, and they'd put it on the road because the salt would hold down the dust. So when the text says, it is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot, that's really what Jesus was talking about. Christians are to life what salt is to food. Because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, because your perspective is different because of your faith in Jesus Christ, you make a difference when it comes to anger and angst and grief and loneliness and the sense of lostness and lust. You make a difference. God has called you to that. And you see, we bring a certain purity, a certain tang, a certain zest, a certain virtue to life. And that's our job as Christians. Well, one of my favorite lines is this. Christianity not only saves us from sin, but also from cynicism. How about that? Christianity not only saves us from sin, but also from cynicism. I think we ought to stop thinking about what it is we want to achieve. I'm so tired of people talking about, oh, I want to achieve this in life. I want to achieve that. You know, what I want people to say is I want to contribute. You want a paradigm shift? Move from achieve to contribute. What do you want to contribute to your patients? What do you want to contribute to your clients? What do you want to contribute to your students? What do you want to contribute to your community? What do you want to contribute to your church? What do you want to contribute to your family? That's a paradigm shift that is worthy of your consideration and mine. As you can imagine, over the years, I've talked to countless people about their lives, their lifestyle, their meaning, their purpose in life. And what I've discovered over and over is lots of people are all filled up, but unfulfilled. You talk to them about their calendar, all filled up, but unfulfilled. And if you're as compulsive as I am, you have a to-do list on your desk. I have a to-do list that is never done. You know, you just get everything checked off and then, bam, here's another whole list that comes down the pike. How about a new list that simply says, stop doing? Wouldn't that be interesting? How about a stop doing list that says, stop 
criticizing. Stop meddling. Stop worrying. Stop being self-deprecating. How about a stop doing list as opposed to a to-do list? Christianity not only saves us from sin, but also from cynicism. Well, I have five things for you this morning pertinent to Saul. No, these are not intellectual breakthroughs. These are very common thoughts. So here they are. First, salt arrests. Salt arrests. It keeps good things from spoiling, rotting, decaying. And could Jesus have meant when he said you are the salt of the earth, could he have meant that we are restraining influence on sin and on evil? One Friday, Julio showed up in my office. I knew him, but didn't really know much about him. He came in and visited, talked away, talked about his business. He had a construction business. Talked about some of his difficult relationships with some of his family members. And then he talked about his marriage and his children and his goals in life and his financial situation. He just kind of poured his heart out. So we talked for about an hour. At the end of the hour, I really wasn't certain of his agenda, but I said, well, let me say a prayer for you. So I prayed for Julio. And then after I prayed, I said to him, Julio, I have a Wednesday morning Bible study at 6.30 a.m. I want you to come to that Bible study. Now, I had no idea what was really on this guy's mind, but I thought, why not take a shot? So I invited him to come to the Bible study at 6.30. I said, if you'll come to the Bible study, I'll give you coffee, juice, donuts, and we'll study the Bible for a while, and then we have a time of prayer afterwards. It is one hour. I promise you at 7.30 you're gone. Julio started to come the next Wednesday. There he was. And he's been going to that thing ever since. But two years later, our fr from our Friday conversation, he came to me and he said, you know, Dave, you really ought to know this, that that Friday I came to see you, I was going out to take my life. Salt arrests. I had, was it because I was such a brilliant counselor? You've got to be kidding. The Holy Spirit took charge of that deal. But we have to be open to that possibility. Well, that's number one. Salt arrests. Second, salt is useless if it's kept in the container. You've got to pour it out. You've got to take the risk of pouring it out. You've got to be willing to speak up about your faith, willing to speak up about a Christian perspective on life, a worldview that makes some sense. And if it's all in the container, it doesn't do anything. You've got to pour it out. Do you know about Epsom salts? It's a healing force. And so you've got to let the salt do its thing. As long as you've got it all stored up, it's not going to do very much. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine characteristics of the Spirit-filled life. Doesn't say pick one. It says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We are to exhibit all nine of those things. And friends, let me tell you something. The God we worship is no frowning deity. The God we worship loves the joie de vivre. And we need to be the most interesting, the most fun people to be around anywhere. Well, here comes the third thing. The point is this. Salt is effective out of all proportion to its size. Just a little bit of salt flavors things. Now, I don't believe in oatmeal that comes in a package 
and you just add water and put in the microwave. That's evil. I want oatmeal that, you know, you have to put the boiling pot on there, get it going, and then you have to throw in the salt, and then you put the oatmeal in, and it takes five to seven minutes, and you got to stir the thing so that it doesn't boil over and make a mess of the stove and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, you have some wonderful oatmeal, and you add cream to that, brown sugar, and maple syrup, then you really have something. <laughs> but you know, if you leave the salt out of that oatmeal, you are in big trouble. You won't even eat the stuff. You will pitch it, guaranteed. Salt is effective out of all proportion to its size. Your witness, you cannot measure how God will use that. You cannot imagine what the Holy Spirit will do with your faithfulness to the promptings of the Spirit of God. You know, there are more teens and young adults who die from suicide than from AIDS, cancer, heart disease, lung disease, flu, pneumonia, combined, combined. Well, here comes the fourth one. The fourth one is just a stroke of genius. Salt makes you thirsty. Salt makes you thirsty. When you go to a Mexican restaurant, what do they put out first for you? They put out some salsa and some chips. Why do they do that? Because they're just trying to be nice to you? No. They want you to eat the salsa. And salsa, you know, is now replaced. It's the number one condiment. Replaced ketchup. So they put salsa and chips out there so that you'll eat that stuff and then you will drink. And they're not talking about iced tea. They want you to drink more. Could Jesus have meant that salt makes us thirsty, but maybe thirsty for biblical truths. Maybe thirsty for a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe thirsty for a sense of mission and meaning in life. The scripture says, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's Psalm 34. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, the fifth thing, the fifth thing is salt is so tough it can eat through metal. Salt can eat through steel. I know on the TV you've seen the weather in the Northeast and you're going, oh, I'm so sorry, I have to live in Southern California. <laughs> and you just love to kind of sit there in the comfort of your room and see the ice and the snow and the 30 mile an hour winds and people stuck and crashes and all that stuff. And you realize that they still de-ice those roads with salt. And over a period of time, if you've seen cars in the Northeast that have been exposed to a lot of salt, it's eaten through the cars. That's how strong salt really is. Do you think Jesus meant that as salt, we ought to be able to take a bite out of paganism? Do you realize that every 10 seconds in this country, every 10 seconds, somebody reports on child abuse. A child has been abused. A child has been ignored. A child has been molested. A child has been battered. All the things that destroy, all the things that dehumanize, we have the job to lower the cross right into the midst of it. We drop the plumb line of the cross. That's your job. 
and that's mine. To drop the plumb line of the cross, no matter the situation. Target's having a little problem with their credit card, so is Neiman Marcus. But you know what made me think that I'm signing on Calvary's credit cards over and over. And I can tell you this, that God's grace is such that it never lowers our demands or our expectations. In the 19th century, there was a surgeon in Austria named Samuelweiss, Dr. Samuelweiss. Dr. Samuelweiss had a lot to do with young women that were giving birth, and he realized that postpartum there were an amazing number of infections, infections that were strong enough to kill these healthy young women who had just given birth. And Samuelweiss was baffled by all this, and he began to think about it. And what he discovered was that many of the young physicians would go straight from the morgue to the maternity ward, and there were no antiseptics. So these young physicians would take the disease while they were doing the autopsies in the morgue and take them to the women who had just given birth. And so he made a rule. He said, after you've performed an autopsy, you must wash your hands in chlorinated lime, C-A-C-L-2, lime salt. You know what happened? The infection stopped. Was it a medical breakthrough? Absolutely. But his peers criticized him. They said, what are you, crazy, invisible agents of death? There's no such thing. They mocked him. They scorned him. They shut him out. The poor man ended his life in a mental institution without chlorinated lime baths for the physician's hands, lime salt. Young mothers continued to die. But thank God for Pasteur and Lister because they came along and proved the existence of contagious microbes, those invisible agents of death. And they managed to clean the name of Dr. Samuel Weiss. You were called to be salt, yeast, and light. I'm an old man, but I want you to know something. I don't fear death as much as I fear not living abundantly, fully, and with authenticity. I pray the same for you. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, why have you entrusted us with so much on this planet? To be salt, yeast, and light is a little overwhelming for us. And yet you have put the gifts into our hands. You've put your spirit within us. You've given us a sense of direction in life. Help us, oh God, to be faithful to that. We also know that of all the people on this planet, we are the best dressed, the best fed, the best educated, the best served, the best entertained. And so help us never to take our privileges for granted. As we approach this sacred moment in the service when we give back to you something of our resources, we pray that you might take these gifts and turn them into something beautiful, something that brings wholeness and hope 
in our troubled world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.